say the actual t- subjects we meant to say brian i know we're recording don't look at me like that it's not my fault <laughs> look at him look at richard, really look, really look richard's, at him richard's complaining because we always have an hour-long podcast that we don't record and then we record a podcast <laughs> but it, but it is the nature of our conversation that when we start the actual podcast We've forgotten half the topics we were going to talk about. <laughs> well, sure. Or, we, or we've said the good things we've, t- we've already talked about everything by that point. We're like, uh, do you really want to talk about that again? <laughs> do you want to say those words again? <laughs> but I do want to just pick up on something. Um, I, I'm hearing my voice in one of your headsets, by the way. So mm. I don't know if one of you's got uh, their speakers still on. Is it better now? I don't know. Oh, slightly. You know what? Shall I turn I've got a mixer on the Fritz, on? folks. You yeah. got a mix, mixer on the fritz. Because yeah, I because my I just heard it coming through my speakers and my volume knobs were all the way down. So I'm gonna guess it's this Behringer Xenix Whoa. 802 that's, that's on the fritz. Uli, what's going on? Fly out to Martinsville and fix it. Well, technological problems aside, we were talking before we're in the pre-podcast podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about uh Blake's 74-year-old friend who lifts like 500 pounds for fun. Hmm. And that is a genetic thing. Some people are born with the genes to be able to do that. And I discovered something about Ozzy Osbourne this week that I didn't know, but it kind of makes sense, and I'm sure a lot of people know. Apparently he was born with a gene that literally makes most drugs and alcohol not affect him at all. Really? Mm, At all? I, I mean, I've maybe, seen it. It looks like it affected him a little bit. effects. may have been some effects. But apparently that's why he used to consume so much, because it just didn't affect him in the same way. And I, I mean, I relate to that comment, definitely. I, I've felt the way with certain um, uh, herbal additions, let's just say. I have a propensity to engage longer than most with it. But I think that's true. I think genetics plays a huge role. And really, you can live the best life. Like, you can be super clean, you can be super healthy, but a lot of it is just a roll of the dice, isn't it? Like, really, it's just what you were born with. Mm, Yes and no. Like, you can, like, if I stop lifting and stop eating so much, I, I shrivel up real fast. Like really you, fast. You I'm not naturally. Up? Yeah, I skip, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bet. What are you, you one were, of the California raisins? Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, yeah, just turn into a raisin. No, I mean, uh, I think we talked about it before, but I had to figure out like a dietary thing a couple of years ago, and I went from uh, 200 to 170 in like two months. Oh wow! And and yeah, and uh, like like my, my normal walking around weight, if I'm not pushing things, is is like 155, 160 pounds. So really, yeah, it's not. How big like, are your wrists, though? Not very big. I don't know. I haven't measured them in a while. I can't Is remember. That, I thought I remembered you having big wrists. I got little tiny. No, they're tiny, probably all, wrists. They're probably about the same size as yours. No. Yeah, for real. Well, maybe I'm just getting old because that stuff's starting to hurt. Well, I think we are getting old. But I, I think uh, we're all getting old. No, you guys aren't. You guys aren't getting old yet. You got a while. You're not old. Oh, good. Yeah. I don't know. I I've checked. been known to be called a boomer before. You're I'm, firmly a Gen Xer, and everyone knows it. I am, but mm-hmm. I, I've been, uh, I've seen some of those boomer posts. They make fun of me. I see it. I Brian, see it. You, you weren't just called a boomer before. You were called a boomer during and after. I'm just going <laughs> to let you know. It wasn't <laughs> it's not new. It's not a new thing. But I, I thought that was an interesting point about Ozzy, because l- let's face it, he had to cancel his last tour. He probably isn't going to be, you know treading the boards much more. And then I started to think about the career of, like, Sharon Osbourne, because she does a lot of the talk show stuff at the moment. But if Ozzy isn't around, do people care so much about the other Osbournes? Will will Jack and Kenny still be famous once Ozzy isn't around anymore? I I think so, yeah. Like, do people still talk about them? Maybe just not in my circles. Yeah, probably just not in my circles then. Yeah. It's an interesting point, though. Um... I think they've they've all been around long enough in the media at this point that they all kind of have their own personal brands to a degree. I think, especially Sharon, 
you know. Yeah. And Kelly. Mm. Kelly's on all kinds of big talk shows. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, not my thing, but I think she'll no, be... But a- kind of like, I, I do wonder if, like, you know, once once the inevitable happens, as we say, we're all aging, Ozzy won't live forever. After they've each released, you know, my life as Ozzy's wife, my life as Ozzy's daughter type <laughs> autobiographies, then will their fame dwindle because what they're they, not what, being what, drawn towards that flame? What are they known for? Being, being Ozzy's family. I mean, how long can you ride that out, though, in the media? Well, so far they've ridden it out for well over 20 years. It's been a while, right? Yeah. 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 That's long. So long I'm time. thinking that what I'm saying is I think they probably have enough of the people who just like them for being them that they can go on. They can have a successful podcast. They could have a, you know, be on a talk show. They could do anything they kind of want. Could to they do point. a YouTube gear channel, though? That's the question. Not why would they want what? to is the real question. What do you mean what you get you get free gear? That's how it works. You get you get free oh. gear and free criticism about every single aspect of your appearance, <laughs> pronunciation, playing, uh choice of music. Hey, hairline. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hairline stroke eyebrows. Mm. <laughs> the amount of times I've been called Dr. Stephen Greer is just I I I should probably start telling that up. You know, good idea. Why not? <laughs> Tell you that. I don't well, know who he is. You, he's a UFO guy. But oh, yeah, appara- okay. apparently, I, I remind some people of him. We'll talk you UFOs. You think they'd say later. that if we didn't talk about UFOs so much? Hmm. Well, I mean, like I'm talking YouTube stuff. Oh, okay. like okay, Doctor Stephen Greer. Like, <laughs> oh, that's that's unique. I haven't heard that one before. That's great. Yeah, that's so- new. We have a huge amount of tone uh, tones. We have a huge <laughs> amount of tones. We have all the tones. We have a huge amount of topics this week because it is the week before Make Richard Feel Like He's Got No Friends uh, happens, i.e. Valentine's I, Day. Oh. I like to call oh. this the week that I can do nothing because everyone's at NAM. Yes, and I had noted that there was a silence on the end of the phone line there, Bri. Um, <laughs> now, there's a huge amount. I mean, I, I'm going to start off uh, because uh, I guess he's one of our favorite builders. You guys saw the new uh, Keeley um, Muse pedal that came out today? Yeah, I thought for a second that he had done a pedal with Muse. I was like, me whoa, that's me crazy. Too. That's what confuses me. Um, yeah. But, you know, he refers to Andy Timmons as his muse. They've done like three pedals together now, haven't They've they? Done a, I mean, at, at this point, it's kind of Keely Andy, you know? Keely slash Andy effects. So they did the okay. Halo, yeah. right? Uh, was there another one or is this a They've second done, one? I, I feel there was like a, a, a modded pedal or something. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they do like a couple like uh, limited edition type things? Oh, maybe so. But yeah, this is... This is the first drive pedal that seems to be like wide release. Is it? I think. I mean, he had the JHS the same, one. Right. And, and it's oh, the you same. Know what? That's a, yeah, right. As JHS did the AT mod. And I was going to say. The so, angry driver? I, I don't mean this as, as a, uh, you know, uh, a crappy take on him, but I, I know, you know, Andy and Richard and Richard and Robert. <laughs> I know Andy, Robert and Josh pretty well. And I never have asked them this, but like, how, as a consumer, when you're looking at the Andy Timmons drive from JHS and the Andy Timmons drive from Robert Keeley, how, how do you differentiate those? Like, if you're, well, a, you're a big very, Andy Timmons fan, they're very different on the face of them. You know, the, the Andy Timmons JHS one is pretty straightforward. And this one, this new one from Keeley has a lot more options. So, so this new one is basically in the same form factor as his uh, Noble Screamer pedal. Mm-hmm. So it's essentially two circuits with a switchable mod per circuit. Is that essentially correct? It looks like two switchable mods per circuit, if I'm understanding it correctly. Oh, okay. Because so, there's an AT mode and there's two switches, both labeled AT that, and RK. But that's for each different channel, right? I believe so. So it's it's one switch per channel. One switch so per channel. Yeah, I said two that. Two modes done. per channel, basically. Yes, there we go. Phew, we got there in the end. Woo! <laughs> this is a pedal with switches. Um, <laughs> and and button no knobs. Uh, and inputs. germanium diodes. Now there's an interesting idea. Hmm. Hmm. It looks really nice. Well, I can't um, get some of them dials, there, boys. 
<laughs> can I get some of them diodes in there? Hey, hey did y'all say diodes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard germanium come up. Uh, I'll, I'll take some of them off your hands. It if, pops if, out if, of if the toilet. Some. Excuse me, duh, did you did you say germanium diodes? I mean, that's literally how we got them. Oh, well, I gave away the big secret. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like the look of it, but, you know, I've thought of something, Bri. So, Keeley's got a couple of Andy Timmons pedals. JHS has got one. What we need to do is convince our very own Andy Wood to change his surname to Timmons, and then we can make <laughs> our own Andy Timmons signature pedals. In fact, let's just make an Andy Wood delay at this stage. Let's just let's just go full Andy. You've got your Andy, we've got ours. And we can get so, an Andy Martin pedal, you know? We can use all the Andys. Well, I mean, that'd be a good pedal, except I think it would be bad for business if Andy Martin had like a signature pedal. Bad for, his, for his business. For his I, business. I mean, it, yeah. I think well, people would buy it. I mean, it's kind of like, I don't know. If, uh, it's kind of like P- Robert Keeley sending you a pedal to demo. Yeah, I guess it'd be so, so like something like that. Kind I mean, of. If, if you have a Pete Thorne, like, I wonder, I wonder if Pete Thorne has that with amps because he does other amp demos, right? But he has a Sir Amp. Yeah. So it I doesn't don't seem he, to be doesn't, a problem. It doesn't seem to really affect that much, I guess. So I mean, maybe, I've maybe done. I'm just talking to my ass. I've done like six or eight. I don't know how many pedals collabs I've done. A bunch, and uh, they've all been great. It hasn't been bad for business. So all of them been great. Yeah, all of the, every single one. Yeah, they've all sold out. So I'm going to say that 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 works for me. That's that's all I care well, about. How come how come I don't have all six of them? Because they sold out, Brian. But I I I won all six though. Oh well, I don't even think I have all six anymore. <laughs> I may have bought a pedal today. Or, I'm just going to drop that in there rather subtly. Uh-huh. I don't know whether I have because I haven't been sent any uh, email confirmations. I bought the, uh, I certainly gave them my credit card details, the brand new EHX double RAM golden big muff pie. That's a lot of you, words. You bought that? Well, I went to their website, clicked all the buttons, and hopefully it's coming to me. I'm not sure it will, though. Oh, man. What if you are the one that gets all of the big muffs? I mean, I do like a big muff. There's no doubt about it. Um, it's a. Did you see that, Brian? So if you buy this pedal, mm-hmm. one person is going to get every big muff that EHX makes. It's like a little contest they're doing. Like one of each model, not like one of the entire production. Here's ten thousand big muffs. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy like them the there. <laughs> Like the way you might. And here's the uh, customs bill for £150,000. Exactly. I saw gold. I thought I'm going to buy one. Um, and it comes like... in the wooden box. It's classy. That's cool. I like mm-hmm. it, man. Those wooden boxes are really useful. I've used them for years to store things <laughs> I, in. I bet, uh, you know, I bet you have, Richard. I can mm-hmm. just probably Like uh, pens imagine. and pencils? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably just, you know, some things you... Yeah. Look, here is a wooden box. I believe it came from EHX. It there looks are no like marijuanas it. in it. I keep there, me. <laughs> there is, however, crack. <laughs> I definitely have that sweet, sweet crack in here. There is uh, oh. methamphetamines, though. Yeah, uh huh. There's <laughs> no soft drugs in here. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, jammed, jammed my drawers. And that's how we got an explicit rating on our podcast. Drugs are bad kids. Hey, I'm we found there weren't any. <laughs> Limited edition Roger Waters Plectrums. Yeah, I should be selling those on Eve. No. Um, uh, Limited yeah. edition Roger Waters blotter paper. Um. <laughs> uh, I, I hope I do get that pedal. That'll be fun. Um, and I am in no way intending to flip it. No, oh, cool. not me, sir. No. Well, if, if I can go backwards a little bit. I, I was just reading the, um, go backwards, the ad page for Robert Healy for The Muse. There is a uh, clean boost to square wave fuzz. So, yeah. I'm, and I, I actually do a, a a fuzz mod. Well, I have a fuzz mod for the Blues Driver. I would love to see how they compare. Well, you know what that means, don't you? You're going to need to be sending an email to your friend. I'm, I'm going to have to send a text over here to my buddy Robert and say, hey, man, I get one of them muses. I need a muse. Yeah. Um, send one to Richard, too. Uh, <laughs> I need a muse. I'll give you a muse. He just sends the band to you. Right. <laughs> Matt Bellamy, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> I was told that you needed one. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So cool. I like it. 
other pedals to talk about today. The Warm Audio Warm Bender. Now, I've said it before, and I'll <sighs> say it again. The word bender in the United Kingdom has got very um, disturbing um, and problematic historical overtones. Uh, so school children will snigger about it having that name. Um, well, but, uh, the name came from the UK originally. So. Yeah, but it came from a more innocent time in the UK. Ah, I see. Uh, you know, when we... I'm not, not seeing it on their webpage. Ah, that's because it's being released at NAMM. Oh, okay. That's why. And someone released a little preview. But they've actually done it in the same enclosure as the classic Tone Bender. So it's in that mm-hmm. rhomboid style um, hammered metal effect, I think it was, how, enclosure. How do they, because they're an American company, right? How are they getting away without getting the crap suit out of them? I think work? this falls under the whole, um, uh, what's the kind of... Trademark not, dress? No, it's more... Um, these are tributes, Bry. It's clear uh, that they're not actually infringing on um, anyone's trademarks because they use the words I don't, warm I, everywhere. I, I, I'm just saying, I, there was once a pedal I had called the Ace 30, and it was a very expensive problem for me. So, <laughs> uh, can we can we get any idea of the magnitude of how expensive the problem was? Enough that I don't want to make that mistake again. And sure. also, every time I see an amp that says like AC twenty or AC fifteen and a half or whatever, I'm like, how did that not get to be a problem? Right? Why is Ace thirty the thing you go after? But whatever, whatever. Hmm. No one in particular, of course. No one in particular. No names mentioned. Yeah. I don't know about the the warm audio stuff. I think like so some of it I I have seen like they did a a fox. What's the what's the fox the literally fuzzy pedal? It's Mm -hmm. like a fox bender or something. Fox is it a tone bender? Uh, Actually, it is called. Foxy Tone Box, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, that's right, that's right. So they did those, but those like aren't made anymore. So, you know, I I feel like that's why they got away with that, or at least not made anymore to my knowledge. Um, yeah, but you look at the warm drive, Zen drive thing, it literally has the exact, well, almost the exact logo of a Zen drive. Very close. Um, I mean, Zentavo, one man's of course, the, Helvetica the Fuller, or not is Fuller, another man's the aerial, Bry. It's also just up to the holders of the trademark. If you know, that's Hermita really doesn't, if you don't, if you don't, yeah, if you don't if, fight for it, then you don't get to keep it. That's good. And if they don't, if they just don't feel like it or don't have the money to deal with it, then it's like, well, I guess they can have it. I right. do get the. But um, when they do try to fight it, you kind of lose that trademark because you didn't fight it with other people. That's what happened to Fender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I do get your reticence to to ever go near anybody's trademark property, Bry. Um, you know, once bitten, twice shy, as as a famous song says. But I do think the onus is always on the IP holder to prove some harm in one of these products. You know, they're going to have to prove that their business will be slightly impaired by this other product coming out. Or majorly. Or majorly. Mm -hmm. And I actually think they'd have a very good point with these warm audio products. Because I think I'd be like, well, we sell, uh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm just going to make one up. You know, we sell the Ibanez Tube Screamer and they sell the Warm Audio Warm Screamer. And like someone might walk into a shop and see that it's a cheaper price and has more functionality and it will take business away from us because they've played on our name. And so I as think I understand, a- I think it might be a country thing because as I, as I've been led to understand from attorneys I've talked to, it's not if you can can be damaged by it. It's if the, if it can be confused in the marketplace in America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's part of the damaging thing. If if someone buys it thinking it was the other product, then that's, that's real commercial damage to you as a result, which is the same net result. But I don't know. I... I I, I'm not a lawyer, and you shouldn't take any of my legal advice. Yeah, seriously. I, I, yeah. But um, that's not my understanding of it. 
I definitely <laughs> think you're totally fine to carry on building your 14-story goat tower. Uh, no planning permission will be required in the state of Indiana. Planning commission? What's that? <laughs> what, what am I supposed to do with that? Are you actually allowed to just build what you want on your land out there? It's it's uh, actually determined county by county. Okay, so, so are you so Brian now in Wampler Mar- able to build what you want? And if so, in this in this part of the county, no. But shame that there was a period of time in this county, not very long ago, like 20, 30 years ago, where there was no planning commission. So people would like build pallet houses and be like, "That's my house." <laughs> I like it. (laughs) Yeah, here's here's very weird. So, like, I think if you go if you go through the proper, well, yeah, but if you go through the proper channels, they make it insanely hard. It's a little difficult. Yeah, Yeah. insanely hard. But but also, uh, at least in the municipality where some of us reside, um, if nobody complains, then it doesn't matter. Because it's only enforced on a complaint basis. Yeah, and o- over here we have a 10-year rule. If you build something and no one complains for 10 years, it's yours, baby. It's basically... And Richard has you a pellet got away with it. Which is why my <laughs> underground... Actually, you can dig down as far as you want without planning permission, I'm led to believe, as long as it's not structurally unsound. Really? You can't do that here? Yeah, you're allowed to... Uh, underground is yours. That's, you, you realize that. if you go underground too far, though, the walls can collapse in on you and you could die. That's, well, that's aware. why you put you put some pallets up, yeah. so that it doesn't fall <laughs> in on you. That's what the pallets are for, boys. Yeah, it's like I, I got pallets and tubers of the basics of structural engineering. But thanks for making me feel slightly more stupid than normal, Brian. That was nice of you. <laughs> uh, did you see someone actually made that Chibson designed mouse pedal? They branded did. it Chibco, uh, and I'm pretty sure they used a, a rat enclosure because it was very close. Uh, but I love that. I love when art imitates reality and reality imitates art back. I think that's fantastic. It looks it looks cool too. Uh, they did a good job with it. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I gushed freely about Chibson last week. I'm going to do it again. I just, I, I think he's a very clever guy and I'm happy that this sort of stuff is happening. At some point, one of the big manufacturers is going to staff him up to do something. I, I am actually looking for the link for it and I do not see it and I have not seen <clears> it. That's because we just assumed that like us, you'd spent the entirety of last week actually reading the news rather than relying uh, on that to tell you No, it. no, I uh, I pretty much did not go near Facebook that much or oh. Instagram. Oh, yeah. steady. Nor did I, because I went to smash things with my daughter for her 21st birthday. Uh, I saw that. that. It looked like fun. That It was surprisingly a huge amount of fun. Uh, I took my little travel guitar with me and my Fender Mustang Micro, um, which uh, one of our listeners kindly sent me. And also my brand new Snark clip-on tuner. They're pretty cute little devices. Why did you bring your guitars to smash things with? I'm so well, because I was staying in a hotel overnight, so I oh, needed to practice the guitar in the morning while I was waiting for the girls to get ready. Uh, Understood. Takes about eight hours normally. So um, I'm a big fan of that little travel guitar, guys. Those Black Star, uh, Black Star carry-ons are brilliant. I I was able to get some with that little Mustang micro. I was like, I can't believe I'm listening to this. This is actually really good. I may look like a complete dick because I'm playing like a ukulele sized electric guitar with headphones on and like pulling sweaty guitar faces. But hey, I love it. So yeah, big recommend for the travel guitar from Blackstar. Very cool. Very cool. That's a to Nam. Uh, I think that I will not be, um, there won't be any shortage of guitars at NAMM. I think I'll be okay. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll be all right. Um, uh, this, this, uh, wait, hold on. Before we get too oh, far away from this, I know you were, you were very on topic with that, Richard, but I want to know more about the smashing things. So we went to a destruction room. Uh, it was in the uh, town of Wellingborough in Northamptonshire which is the uh, birthplace of Peter Murphy, the lead singer of Bauhaus, one of my favourite bands, random fact there for you. And also, much to my annoyance, has a drive through Popeyes, but we were already booked in for dinner, so I didn't get to eat biscuits and chicken, which is, I think, what they sell. Um, they so do, that, yes. That upset me. Um, 
But the destruction room, we were given an hour, a metal baseball bat, uh, a couple of laser printers and monitors. Let me just tell you, folks, if you're thinking about buying a new monitor brand, ViewSonic are practically indestructible. Because I hit that thing square on with a metal baseball bat and it just pinged off the desk and probably worked. Um, uh, and also um, Canon printers. that They can take a beating, let me tell you. Uh, but they, they give you a lot of glass bottles to throw against walls. We got some film. They let you put your own music on. And Leela had shared a Spotify, a Spotify, uh, a Spotify playlist with me of all her favorite metal songs. And I had it on my phone. What I didn't realize was Spotify is quite clever. And if you play somebody else's playlist, if you put it in shuffle mode, it will shuffle the songs that it thinks you like the most first. Or at least that's what it seemed to do. Because all we got was Maiden and Anthrax. And I was <laughs> loving I was smashing bottles to Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. Mm. It was fantastic. Um, it was a lot of fun. We, we really used up a lot of energy in there, and I've hurt myself as a result. But a much better experience than I thought. So, um, yeah, Trapped is the, uh, is the brand over here. It's like a, an escape room, but they also have destroyed the, the destruction room. I think you'd love it, Blake. I think it's right oh. up your alley. Oh, I know I would. I've never done it before, but it's on the list of things to do, for sure. I, I think the, the general consensus was best birthday ever. Mm. Um, we, we had an amazing meal the night before, stayed in a hotel that I don't want to cast aspersions, but I think a lot of people had booked in there with ladies that they may have met via a financial transaction, shall we just say. Um, <laughs> there was certainly a lot of noise going on until was four it, in the morning. Oh, was there a lot of like consulting going on? I think it certainly had some of those letters in it. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what was going on, <laughs> but uh, at one point, one of the light sockets in the ceiling above me, uh, the, the light popped out of it. So you can draw your own conclusions. Mm. Um, mm. Ah, yes. Yeah. So, what you're saying is a lot of wrestling going on. Yeah, wrestling convention. <laughs> a lot of wrestling. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. It sounded like a wrestling convention. Did you hear anybody say, come on, brother? And then like the... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I did, I would have been really happy. I don't know, Blake's here. Um, Let me yeah, tell you no, something, dude. Like, what we're going to do is we're going to suplex above Richard's hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly what it sounded like. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. No, it was awesome. We had a, a, a great time. Um, speaking of smashing... Did you guys see that the Smashing Pumpkins have had to employ two full-time members of Beautiful. staff? I heard Beautiful. it was eight. Uh, is it eight now? I heard it was is eight, it? yeah. To deal with the 10,000 applications for a new guitarist. And apparently, 9,000 of them came from Martinsville? From, <laughs> gonna, a, gonna... from a B, please pick me now, Wampler. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently, a lot of countryfied versions <laughs> of Smashing Pumpkins out there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, what it's did weird. they expect? Like internationally renowned cult group posting on social media, hey, do you want to join us, tour the world and be famous and make money and, and, and do lots of fun things? Hmm. No, hardly anyone's going to apply to that, yeah. surely. Yeah, maybe three or four. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's going to be fun. But it'll be, see... It's great publicity, though. It'll be a yeah. great story when they finally do pick the person, and it's so it, it's Good a lot of work, a lot, lot of work, but it also just got you know the Smashing Pumpkins back in the conversation of you know hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people. So yep. it's a good move. I like it. And uh, Richard, have they replied to you yet? Uh, I, I don't like to brag, but uh, I, I'm through to the next round. I've got to do my comfortably numb solos uh, and. <laughs> If I do them at 50% accuracy, which is a step up from where I am now, they said the gig is basically mine. So nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Well, segueing uh, to another guitar playing topic, and I, I really want to talk about this one because uh, I, I relate to it very much. And I've talked about this sort of, uh, I believe, on this show before. Uh, so Joe Bonamassa, who comes up on this show quite often for one reason or another, he... Uh, he had uh, an interesting method of dealing with some noisy neighbors. 
Did you guys see this? Did, did you see this, Brian? It wasn't, I did not, huh? It, it, it wasn't um, what I expected. Um, because I, I actually really enjoyed his video. It reminded me, and we were talking about them right at the beginning, it reminded me of the time the Osbournes had noisy neighbours and threw stuff at them. But it was less violent, except in a sonic way. But it, it wasn't even that. You should watch the video, Brian. It's great. But oh, there's the, a video of it. Yes. Uh, for the for the listeners, and I'll just kind of describe this as Brian navigates over to Joe Bonamassa's Instagram, where I believe it is the one of the most recent posts. Um, it's like three days ago as we record this, I think. Yeah. Uh, so what happened is Joe Bonamassa looked like it was uh, in the, his Hollywood, I believe, location, because it was up in the hills. Um, I'm not sure about that. Not that Blake's stalking you or anything, Joe, but uh, I would get extra security. Yeah. Please come on my podcast. Um, <laughs> Mickey? What's Wait a minute. I know you're out of copyright, but didn't expect you to appear. What is this short cube-shaped weird man doing outside of my home? Um, oh, it's a UFO. <laughs> but he uh, he had some noisy neighbors down there. They were having some sort of party. And he thought, you know what? I, I can make noise, too. So he grabbed his dumbbell, pointed it out the door. As you do. Yep. Uh-huh. And proceeded to jam smoke on the water while the speaker was pointed towards his noisy neighbors. Now, why I enjoyed this so much is because in about about six or seven years ago, I would say, I was at my friend Leon from Pelican Noiseworks home. And his noisy neighbors were uh, cranking the insane clown posse uh, <laughs> ab- ab- above his, above his, uh, they're, they're in a similar kind of situation where his neighbors were above him, though. And they were literally just had their, their window open, just blasting ICP. And I said, hey, Leon, you know, we, we have these tube amps here, uh, just sitting right here that are so loud. We, I feel like we could probably just kind of, Give them a taste of their own medicine. So yeah, we took the amps and we took them outside, ran the cables under the door, closed the door and pointed them directly at the house and, you know, plugged in a Digitech whammy and just like, like did really bad Tom Morello impressions. And uh, by the time we got done, uh, ICP was off. So I think it worked. <laughs> what, what what did he play? Did you did you play any I don't know southern country rock songs? No, no, we didn't play any. Uh, uh, any perhaps of that. A, a solo, uh, maybe not about two birds, maybe not about four birds. <laughs> oh but no, maybe somewhere oh, in no, the middle. It's over. Maybe three <laughs> birds. <laughs> No, it was, it was kind of like that though. Um, yeah, uh, I've been lucky never to, well, n- never to have neighbours joined onto my house. But what really uh, impressed me is I got into Joe's rendition of Smoke on the Water. Yeah, it was pretty he, good. It was pretty good. I was like, Joe, you've made two mistakes here. One, it shouldn't be the Dumble. What you need is like the 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 most fiery diesel amp you can find and like a <laughs> 12 by 12 linear array of uh, speakers secondly you want me playing smoke on the water cuz i will just literally play the power chords and it will sound awful he filled in with all the clever kind of palm muting and rhythm chops if if it had been me that'd have shut up even quicker trust me um, but I enjoyed that. That was the best content Joe's put out all year. I was thinking after I after I very much enjoyed that, but I was thinking, you know, it wasn't that long ago he said he was quitting social media. That is true. I was just mm-hmm. thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's the drug that none of us can quit. Sadly. I, I, hey, I'm not hating. I understand the urge to quit and why it's bad for business, unfortunately. <laughs> it, it is bad for business. Mm-hmm. Um, I have got some other random topics but there is a big one that i feel and i've just added it to the the document that i feel just now yeah that we need to address um which was actually pointed out by our good buddy chris um who um who sent me this uh but it's an article in guitar world uh, and the headline is the message for tube nostalgists is clear enjoy today what may not be here tomorrow um and I think the thing that really got me, I mean, the, the essential premise of the story is 
tube amps are dying, tube manufacturing is dying. We're all going on about how much we love tube amps, but they're not going to be here. But the thing that got me was the statistic he highlighted for me, which is venues like Nashville's Grand Old Opry now relying on Tone Master amps for their backlines. So if somewhere that is probably considered to be the, you know, the holy temple of tone for a lot of guitar players is relying on solid-state technology. How much longer have, have us Valve players got left in us, Bri? Good question. It's a good question. I think about it a lot. And the same thing sort of happens on Broadway, which is like the area where all the bridesmaids go for one, two, where all the bands are. Brian goes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's a big area in Nashville where like people usually go to see music. And uh, a lot of those stages are kind of amplest stages. Mm -hmm. Or at least oh, there's a lot of people that prefer to go amplus on those stages. They're also not super big stages. Most they're not of them. super big. No, yeah. they're not a Grand Old Opry type things. But, but I, mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's just becoming way more prevalent. And you know, it's interesting because my son, who's, who's been playing, he started playing recently a lot more than he used to, where he used to stink around on it. Now he's actually practicing. And so I, he never had the experience of playing through a cranked Marshall. Now he's played through all the modelers and stuff. Like I got a Kemper and he's, he's, he's played through all that stuff. He loves he's it. He's obviously now seen the light, right? Clearly. Well, I, I would think, because I was explaining, like, this is going to be a religious experience for you. You're going to find God here in just yeah, a minute. Right. You know? <laughs> and uh, he played... Play, you know, plugged in, played some power chords. He's like, eh. I'm like, what? What do you mean, eh? So I'm like, let me see that guitar. So I played so a little ACDC, right? Got to play a little ACDC. Yeah. On a Plexi, a 100 watt Plexi. And he's just like, it's loud. But so it doesn't uh, do am I right for in thinking that you are now one child down and that you've disowned him and he is uh, left <laughs> like, yeah, you, to it's, Antarctica? It's to... Time to start thinking about a name change, young man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as We're a matter of fact, it's, to, it's uh, time to. Uh, well, you see those woods over there? I hear you can just build a pallet house out there in this county. Um, why don't you go ahead and think about doing that? Or we could use uh, Richard's tunnel that he's built that takes us between Whiteley, UK, and Martinsville. <laughs> Apparently, it's totally legal. Um, I, I, I think you also have to be in the right frame of mind. Like, I think if my dad was to say, this is a Marshall 4x12, firstly, I'd be like, Dad, who's kidnapped you and replaced you? Uh, <laughs> and, but secondly, I, I probably wouldn't admit to liking it, but I bet he secretly did like it. How can you not? I mean, he's, he's way more into, like, John Mayer type stuff. And, and really, like, more like cleaner blues, older style blues, oddly mm -hmm. enough. And so he's just he's just like it just doesn't do anything. Have you um have you considered perhaps educating him on the um beautiful clean phrasing of a certain Mr. David Gilmore? I think <laughs> uh, oh hold on. I think that's where this is going. <laughs> um, um I don't know if I've asked him about Pink Floyd. I've asked him about everything else and he, like he hates hair metal. He's not, he like power pop punk stuff he's okay with. But really, it's like the bluesy thing. The really bluesy things is what he likes. So, Limp Biscuit? <laughs> no, Green no. Day. Oh. Hmm. He thinks Green Day's okay, but a little too metal, a little too hair metal y. What? Hair metal y? It's weird. Green Day? I know they're not, but I mean, he's just like, eh, okay. It's, it's kind of like too much guitar. Too much distorted guitar. I'm like, wait, wait, I don't, think, I don't think you understand, son. Like, this is how I made my living is off distorted guitar. You are right? never, <laughs> ever saying that again outside this house, all right? Wow. I'm so confused. I, yeah, I, 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 I don't understand. It was an odd, odd <laughs> conversation, you know? Well, this will, um, this will I segue. even asked him, I said, where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong with you? <laughs> hey, boy, boy, what, what's wrong with you, boy? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't make me whip out my American impersonations there, Blake, because you know I will. <laughs> Please reluctantly. do. No, Please I shall do. not. I uh, want you to. But this this act, so the Gilmore thing leads me on to something else. And back round to the topic I wanted to get to. So I found out today, um, after talking to someone who, who let's just say is um incredibly well connected to the Gilmore circle, um, 
And they were telling me about this new Boonar tube delay by, um, oh, uh, uh, Dawn of Prince, uh, whatever they're called. Uh, the guy's got the coolest name. It's like Zartan or something like that. I forget. But he has basically made this delay, the Boonar, which uh, Gilmore used on his last tour or album. And they've asked for a slightly modified version, which he's working on for Gilmore which will have a seven-bar uh, readout on it, so you can see, like, tempo or whatever, but also uses a tube bry. So this brings me back to our conversation earlier this week about why do people naturally assume, and also back to the conversation about Nashville, that tubes are better. What is the, what's the deal here? Why do we automatically... Because I know a tube amp sounds fantastic. But, you know, as you rightly pointed out to me, a transistor can be an analog component for increasing signal gain. So mm -hmm. why isn't a transistor amp as wanted and loved and sheltered and needed as a, as a tube amp? And why are we putting tubes in delay pedals? What will that add to the mix? <sighs> well, I'll be the first to admit there's a lot of tube amps that I really love the sound of. And I think that, at least so far, when I've played tube amps, there is something about them that I can't qualify in a scientific term that I just generally love. But the question is, can we get a solid-state version of that, right? Or even a digital version? I would say, yes, we probably can. But I actually did a little short video on TikTok this past week about it, and there were some very angry people that were trying to tell me about the magical you know, mojo-laden harmonics that come out of tubes and all all the warmth and roundness that's inherent in a tube. And I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with other properties, which basically kind of form like high-pass filters. And you start getting into like nerdy physics territories here. But I would say overall, I, it's got to be possible because you're just manipulating how the signal is distorted and all those things that we can make big and round and warm, we can do it with plugins when we're mastering something. When we're, when we're mixing something down and then mastering a recording, we're using digital plugins to add that to it a lot of times. So it can be done. It's something I, I honestly think at this point in, in our technological path that we're on, it's, it'll, a lot of the attraction to the tube amp is... Nostalgia, of course. Sure. As guitarists, we're inherently nostalgic. But also, there is a feel factor. I've I've been playing digitally way more than I ever thought I would in the last few years. But when I switch back to playing the real deal, even when it's like a modeled version versus the real amp, I have a few of those, you know, opportunities to do that. And um there's an immediacy with tube amps that's really hard to put your finger on. It's really probably even a bit hard to measure because it doesn't feel like I'm not like dealing with latency issues or anything like that. It's just there's a feel factor. Um, the best way I could describe it is if you were playing an acoustic guitar that had a very stiff, unlively top versus playing one that was <clears throat> really broken in and had a, not some nice give to it. It's like the difference in response it's like yeah. kind of going from digital to tube amp. That's the best so, way I can describe it. So I would ask a question there. When when a person, and you know, I'm using this kind of generically, so not really pointed at you, but when you're talking about give, is that something that we can design into it? So if I, we're talking I about think we power, can. power supply give, we can design that. We're mm -hmm. talking about signal give, we can design that. So and that's, that's kind of how I'm approaching it. Like all these things that we like about tube amps, why don't we just design that into the circuit that we're trying to create, whether it's digitally or with solid state? Well, I think people have been doing that or attempting to do attempting that for to. a very long time. Yeah. And well, that, if it was something that was easy to do, it would have already happened by now. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where my head scratching came when I was chatting to Bri, because typically tubes in amps are used for the two halves, as it were, the power amp and the preamp. And as I understand it, the preamp is what shapes your tone, and the power amp 
I'm going to use a very technical term here, is what enloudens your tone. Uh. Is that <laughs> essentially where I'm going? Now, for something to um, enlouden, you're taking a signal and you're amplifying it. Hence the term amplifier. See? Science, kids. But transistors are doing the same thing on a smaller scale, right? Yeah. So and more efficiently. And, yeah. and they're analog. Mm-hmm. Because they're used in that way, they are, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. If you're using them, you know, as, as a, a switching mechanism, they can, you know, be digital. But if you you're can using use them, them in a digital a, way or analog, yeah. Yeah. So why can't we get A, the best of both worlds? Why do we need both? a tube power and preamp section. And I know I, I had the Marshall AVT50 head back in the year 2000, which was all valve technology, but it was still using some solid state parts. Net result, it sounded like warm fart. And it really wasn't a great sounding amp. So why can't we make an amp that takes some of the advantages of tubes, and maybe uses them in one section, but then uses maybe transistors for the power amp and then takes down the need for a giant transformer and all of that sort of stuff. It it feels like that should be possible. And then once, as you say, Brian, you add modeling and computer technology to it, then you can add back all your crackle and sizzle and zap or whatever other objectives you want to add into the conversation. But Blake is 100% correct. I was playing through my Line 6 for years and I plugged into my tiny Laney 15-watt tube amp and I was like, where have you been for the last 10 years? This sounds amazing. Yeah. And I just don't understand. And it's interesting that not one of the three of us who, between us, probably it's safe to say have a little bit of experience with, you know, guitar sounds and electronics, none of us can really put our finger on what the difference is. We can say it's immediacy. We can say it's, the, the analog warmth, but none of us can really actually say exactly what that difference is. But right. we know it's there. We all know it's there. Right, Because and I've had this conversation with others too, and any time you say, well, it's the give or it's the whatever adjective you want to use, they kind of do what I did. Well, then we can just design that into it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, yeah, but it's still just different. Yeah. And, like there's always a point where you get to like, I can't qualify this in speaking terms. But all I know is that whenever I'm playing through it, there is some sort of reaction that happens from my <laughs> fingers to my ears. And it's just it's just different. So the Mixwave uh, Benson Chimera plug-in was the first digital amp sim that like really I really fell in love with. And I'd played a Benson Chimera a lot. And the Vincent that I have is partially based on the Chimera. So I'm very familiar with how that sounds and feels. And that was the first plugin that I thought really got close. And I played it and played it and played it. And I've done a ton of recording with it. And and to the point where like it'd been like a couple months since I'd played the real deal, just because I was, you know, in content mode, just trying to yeah. make things. And yeah. I already had my presets in there. Boom. Cool. Uh, and I it sounds and feels awesome. And how they designed that was they took a Chimera, a real one, measured every single piece of it and reconstructed that digitally and then did some more fine tuning to get it to what it sounds in their very extremely right. high end studio down there in Atlanta. And they did a fantastic job with it. But still, when I go back to the real deal, I'm like, ah, what is this? Like 2%, you know, maybe even less. That's just gives me a better feeling. I mean, I'm sitting here playing it through my big monitors with a subwoofer and like, I get the, I, it should be, as good, yeah. but it's just not quite for some reason. And I'm trying to be as objective as possible about it too. There's like, a couple of different ways yeah. of doing that. Like you, you can either model the component level like Fractal or like Benson did there, or you could basically use like a neural net and model the behavior of it. Mm-hmm. And they're two totally different approaches, or you can kind of combine the two. Right. You know, and that's, that's, that's basically how people are modeling things in a nutshell, roughly put. So, so, you know, my, my sort of um, hardware, software, engineering genius friend Mark finds this astounding that in, you know, the year 2024, guitarists are still seeking out valve technology, which is essentially nearly 100 years old, to make their sounds 
as good as they can without you know there being a better solution. But we are the last preserve of this nostalgia-driven, tone-driven thing that I wonder, you know, will my daughter's generation care? I don't yeah. think so. And that's I'm the, not sure. That's she ex- plays through the katana, right? She right. just uses a solid state all the time. Yeah. So Yeah, that's, and- that's exactly where I ended up after talking to my son. I'm like, I think our maybe a millennial par- partial millennial generation might be the last that I think ha- find are, value dude. in tube amps i think we are and i think you know? people are going to be laughing at us in 20 years time when they're like yeah <laughs> look at that old fart play yeah. on that big old heavy amp what You're an not idiot believe this, but he's actually got glass inside his amplifier <laughs> and it glows up <laughs> with the um, I don't no, know though, because because I started out with solid state, and and I, that was where my journey started was with those amps. My first amp was a Crate Same. XT one twenty, and decent amp, honestly, pretty good amp for for what it is, for especially for the price. Um, but I still remember clear as day the first time I plugged in, and not even in a super expensive amp, I plugged into an Orange Tiny Terror. Yep, and I was like, whoa, hold on. This isn't Honestly, dramatically louder than my yeah. actually that my crate was probably louder. It was it wasn't just it's not that. about it, the volume, it's about how it delivers the volume. And there's yeah. just something we cannot put our finger on. And I wasn't that excited about it. I didn't go in being like, oh, I know this is gonna change my life. I just went in and went, ah, I've heard this is a great amp. Let's try it. Plugged it in. One chord was like, I'm doing it wrong. I'm doing it wrong. This is way better. Uh, and I have solid state amps I love. I love my son Beta Lead. I think it's a fantastic amp that does its own thing. I, I but do it's wonder, very specific. Very specific. I do wonder if we could if we could use you know the uh, the AI aspect, the neural net aspect of of capturing a, a, a guitar tone, but get rid of all of the latency, which is going to be impossible as far as I know. I mean, latency I is processing power, so it's, right. it may be right. not always, possible now, but it might be possible right. in two years. I mean, you know? technically, even with analog, you're moving at the speed of light. So Yeah, which is quite fast, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but, but I mean, still, like, technically, there's some latency, quote-unquote, and plus how far you are away from the amp. If I'm 10 feet away, there's latency from the time I hit a chord. Oh, to the that's time a I really good it. point, by the way. You know? Uh, we'll come on to that, too. So, I mean, um, like, there's all these things, like, but still, yeah, even it, 10 feet away, it still feels different, which is... It shouldn't, but... There, there is a bizarre X factor with tube amps that none of us can articulate. And look, let's face it, between the three of us, we've probably written more copy about guitar <laughs> pedals and technology than nearly anybody who's still roaming the streets outside of a sanitarium. So it's not like we haven't got the words to describe it. We just... We're just not sure exactly what it is we like, but we know what it is when we when we hear it, which is why I think uh, it was really interesting to to hear Brent's views. Yeah, because you know, like my daughter, he he just doesn't hear the difference yet. It just a, a, a good amount of listening to well, the mean, right music and his 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 exact words were: well, "Anybody could play some power chords." I mean, it depends how you play your power chords, right? <laughs> That's because... what I said. I'm like, but you don't understand. You got to stand, you know, in in the what do they call it, the clock, the windmill, mill or the, the windmill, windmill. Yeah. windmill version. And you got to hit some some A's and G's and D's. You know, but see, a, a lot of people do play the power chord with just the the classic two finger fifth power chord. Yeah, but I always play it with an extra finger on there because. When you've got that little triad in there, it's just a little bit more powerful. A little beefier. Yeah, mm. and you get more of an Angus feel out of it and less of a kind of, I'm a power metal band from the 80s who's recording on my uh, my solid state amplifier. But, you know, right. uh, but I, I, I do hear him. But interesting. Um, so why got would you one, use... I've got one thing here oh, that we yeah, need sure. to talk about in, sure. in, refer- in reference to the tubes. So check sure. this out. Because I, I was... Pulling from my memory bank, so I did a quick Google. So this is on Wikipedia, um, and then this is under the heading vacuum tubes in the 21st century. Now there's lots of stuff here, but like let me read this paragraph here because it's very interesting. And this is this is an argument for the tube in some ways. Vacuum tubes are still practical alternatives to solid state devices in generating high power at radio frequencies in applications such as industrial radio frequency heating, particle accelerators, interesting, and broadcast transmitters. 
This the this is particularly true at microwave frequencies where such devices as klystron and traveling wave tube provide ap- amplification at power levels unattainable using current semiconductor devices. Hmm. Yeah. As in uh, that they can be powered by much lower power levels to get the same amplification effect? Is that the... Because that's that feels intuitively wrong. It feels that smaller, more modern components should be more efficient. Uh, they're also probably not subject to EMP pulse, uh, pulses, though, right? So, should we be attacked by aliens, maybe the tubes will still survive. So, so what you're there, saying is that... we can use it as a marketing angle. Our pedal will survive an EMP attack. <laughs> There's another in- interesting sentence here. In military applications, a high-powered vacuum tube can generate 10 to 100 megawatt signals that can burn out an unprotected receiver's front end. Such devices are considered non-nuclear electromagnetic weapons. They were introduced in the late 90s by both the U.S. and Russia. So hmm. it seems like th- there are some practical uses although dangerous sounding ones uh for tubes outside of our space and i think as long as the military finds a need for vacuum tubes, point. we're gonna have vacuum tubes probably so. yeah mm-hmm. that, that is a, a very good point but i, I want to touch on a couple of other things quickly because we have to mention something on the main show oh, geez, yeah we're almost an hour we're, into we're this we're almost yeah. out so i'm going to rattle through some things very quickly why would you put a tube in a delay brian because of that factor that we can't really qualify so you have a sound it. You're using it, it as the gain stage in a delay to kind you, of you can give kind you the of final signal? Sort of like a low-pass filtery feel sort of thing. Okay, okay. You know what I mean? That makes I mean, sense. The, I mean, you have this with the, like the tube driver, which you're not really d- making the tube gain tube stages distort like you would in an amp. You're using them as diodes, but they add a something to it that's not like a regular diode. Right. Mm, that actually makes a lot of sense. I think we need to come back to this. Um, two things, uh, three things, four things. There are four things I need to oh, say. Five more things. This will be an hour and a half long episode today. No, we, we're going to rattle through them all except for the last subject. So Fender have just released a new switcher that looks like it could be perfect for you, Bri, because it looks like an ES5 uh, in terms of its functionality, but looks like it's able to be programmed by children. So I think. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, can you use ChatGPT? Because that's what I want. I, I want I, I my think, mobile ChatGPT app. Yeah. yeah, that's what I want. Yeah, but it does look like it's got a, a pretty cool interface. So, so I, I'm into that. Um, today I learned of the death of um, Frank Farian, who is the genius behind Millie Vanilli and the band Boney M, um, both of which never had a real singer, but he was actually the record producer who made the vocals happen. Let's put it like that. So He's the liar. He's he is liar. the liar. Uh, well, he was the liar. He's dead <laughs> now. Um, oh. My nomination for my new category of Tone Chaser of the Week, which no one's actually buying yet, <laughs> but let's go with it anyway. <clears throat> so this this actually showed a little bit of, um, you know, kind of um, cognitive bias, I guess. I never realized the full story of Scott Joplin, right? Now, we're all familiar with the song The Entertainer. Are you familiar with um, Maple Leaf Rag as well, Bri? No. Mm-hmm. Like, if you heard it, you would know it. And it's okay. one of my grail songs to play on a guitar. Now, I have to admit that you, you hear all of Scott Joplin's pieces on like old-timey, like silent movies, especially The Entertainer. I always assumed he was like some, some white dude, but he wasn't. He was a uh, kind of repressed genius black musician mm-hmm. who without we wouldn't have basically jazz at all he he was 100% the, and and you know i felt bad that i didn't know more about him because his two pieces like i said the entertainer is one of the most famous pieces of music ever maple leaf rag is my grail tune to be able to play that on the guitar i would basically be like that's it End of level boss defeated. So um, <laughs> I, I watched a really interesting documentary about him. Uh, so he is my tone chaser of the week. And now the big news, Bry. They're back. And I'm not talking about um, whatever peanut butter brand you like. I'm talking about full time. You mean we're back a dinosaur story? Oh, no. no. Jellyfish no. UAPs. Uh, so that's for the Patreon. That is definitely fed. I'm talking about full tone. And that's okay. a perfect silence to end the episode with. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, we'll have to I mean, see. Warm Audio, Warm Audio's already making all their stuff. What's the point? <laughs> well, the thing that I, I saw, though, is Jackson Audio were pimping them out here. So did Jackson oh, really? buy Full Tone? I, I, I don't know what's going on here. Unfortunately, by the time this episode drops, we'll probably have a better understanding because this is going to come out after Nam. Oh, let's this... just wait, make some wildly inaccurate predictions then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think Full Tone was sold to Jackson Audio for the price of seven pence. I think that it's all lizard people and it's uh, Hillary Clinton's behind it. <laughs> okay, you say that like that's that's like a, a spoof, but Brian sent us this TikTok video earlier and the oh. guy was literally talking like that. I'm like, Brian, it's already on Snopes. The hey, guy's full of... Full I of told you, put your tin, get your tinfoil out. <laughs> I told you. I already had it on. <laughs> Never leave Nothing home without okay, it. So seriously, full tone, I, I think if I was... If I was redoing Full Tone, I'd be like, all right, so we have the legacy stuff, which has been copied a thousand times. We need new meat in there. We got to get something new. We got to get something that that people love. It's not like weird. It's not another rebranded Full to- full Drive. You know, it's let's do some other cool stuff. Did and you I'd say, also be like, did, wait, we, did, did you say co- meat? <laughs> yeah, new some, meat? Some fresh meat. Yeah, some fresh products in there. Uh, meat. No, meat, though. Yeah, well, I mean, I use that as more like a like a euphemism. Oh, well, of. I'm not interested then. All right, see you <laughs> later. <laughs> None of us are interested in your meat, Mr. Wampler. Uh, hey, I reckon well, the know, first... Uh, I was going to say, I reckon the first meeting at, um, at uh, Jackson Audio would be like, right, let's go down the Microsoft Word font list and see what other fonts we can use. We've used Comic, <laughs> we've used Arial. <laughs> what are this Herculaneum? Let's try let's, that. that what about Helvetica? I like that. Papyrus. Now there's a font. <laughs> Bleeding Cowboy. Oh, God. <laughs> Is it, okay. Isn't that your name on Snapchat? Uh, let's, not, <laughs> let's not talk about it. Hey, speaking of uh, executive producers, We didn't speak of it. That's why I said that. But uh, uh-huh. we probably we probably should give a shout out to our executive producers before we move on to our Patreon No Holds Barred episode. That's right. Who wants? You want me to do it? I don't care. I'll, I'll I did, do it. I did it last week. I'm, I'll defi- do, I'll, I'm definitely never doing it again. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> oh, I, I'm just gonna do normal Blake. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah sure. I'm just gonna do normal yeah, Blake. Yeah, 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 Portland yeah. Blake. Yeah. Portland Blake. <laughs> Hey man. Uh, uh. <laughs> hey man. Hey man. Thanks, Bill Bays, Justin Burke, David Tyndall, Night Haas. What's up? Dave Tom Betty, Shannon Weaver in the band reduced to Russ. I hear they're sick, bro. Uh Eric Wilson. Edar Frostad, Michael Freer, Sean Arbo of Gunstreet Wiring, Rick Calhoun of Honey Picks. Patrice Fornays, Dylan Talkstone, <laughs> Scientific <laughs> Uppercut, Kevin Harrington, Barry from Grez Guitars, Tom Kelly, Jake Young of Man the Helm Podcast, Pigsy, John O'Neill, <laughs> hold on, <sighs> John O'Neill, hey, hold on, someone's trying to steal my fixed gear bike, um, Hold on, just like get off of that. <laughs> Pigsy, John O'Neill, Robert Carr, Hunter Hudson, Rob Stokes, El Giberito, Nick Spano, Sasha Sir, Jay Stratton, Seth Williford, Harry Post. Harry Post, that's the guy who stole my catalytic converter last week. Grumpy Mike, Harvey Pedals, Allison Carroll, Patrick Zeller, Bum Laser! Anthony Stevens, Chris Brown, Philip Carter of the 40 Watt Podcast, Mark Bowman, Christopher Logan, Jason Englehard, the Crowhawk, and Dylan Lewis. Honestly, that was much more Californian than Portland. I'm not going to lie. That was, I mean, kind yeah. of a combination between yeah. the two. It was more Cali, Cali yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll go down the five and talk about it later. All right. See everyone on Patreon. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Tone Podcast. As always, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email podcast at wamplerpedals.com, and I'll personally get your email. To email Blake, simply email info at tonemob.com, and Richard can be reached at richard at wamplerpedals.com. 
If you'd like to show your support for the show, the simplest and free way to do that is to share this podcast with a friend, leave a review and a rating wherever you normally get your podcasts. Also check out Blake's podcast called The Tone Mob. And make sure you check out WamplerPedals.com for blogs, videos, and of course, guitar effects. If you'd like to hear the post-podcast conversations and to get even more content, twice the amount of podcast episodes, simply check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash chasing tone podcast. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week. Bye.